Hello and welcome to Follow Your Bliss, a podcast for big-hearted, deep feelers who want to make a difference in the world. This is your time to get motivation and momentum to do what makes your soul shine. My name is Jessica Flint. I'm a soul strengths business coach and social impact entrepreneur that has helped millions of people improve their life. And I'm here to empower you to become a badass success story because I know it's within you when you stop selling yourself short, stop waiting for the perfect moment, and stop letting the opinions of others drown out your inner voice. It's never too late to create a life you're excited about and love waking up to. I believe we all have unique soul strings that hold the key to unlocking our greatest success and are just begging to be expressed right now in this very moment. Now, this podcast features heart-to-heart conversations with successful authors, entrepreneurs, spiritual leaders, experts, and everyday all-stars just like you about their path to greater purpose and soul alignment. It's time to claim your joy, your worth, your highest soul expression, and your feeling of enoughness. Now, let's get started. Welcome there, my friend. In this episode, we're going to explore the third foundation to following your bliss. Now to review, in the previous two episodes, we've discussed that in order to follow your bliss, you must connect to your purpose. Now this is also your why. And I like to think of this as your North Star. This is a North Star that you can never lose sight of in life. This is your higher purpose. And we also discussed the importance of living and making decisions according to your values. Now your values are like your compass. They guide you toward your North Star, toward your higher purpose, your big why. So it's through living our values that we achieve our purpose. And now this leads us to our third foundation, which is time. Now I want to open with a quote from Mel Robbins. She's the author of The Five Second Rule and just a powerhouse of inspiration of what it means to live with courage. And Mel Robbins says, quote, There is no right time. There is only right now. You get one life. This is it. And it's not going to begin again. It's up to you to push yourself to make the most of it, and the time to do it is right now, end quote. It can be so easy to get caught up in the later or the then instead of really living in the present moment, the now. But the reality is, is everything happens now. You remember your past right now, or you dream about your future right now. You learn from your past in this very moment right now. You will get to your future now. So you are always here now. You can't be anywhere else. So our being, right, our isness, our beingness is only created in the now. So even if you think, well, no, Jessica, it's accumulation of all these ways that I've been being up to this point. Well, our identity is really just our repeated beingness, which is experienced through the moment of now in every moment that we're creating. This can be a little meta, but it's important to realize the power of now. So this reminds me of a quote from Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, (laughs) A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment. And he says, quote, Life is now. There was never a time when your life was not now, nor will there ever be, end quote. And he goes on to say, quote, Unease, anxiety, tension, stress, worry, All forms of fear are caused by too much future and not enough presence. Guilt, regret, resentment, grievances, sadness, bitterness, and all forms of non-forgiveness are caused by too much past and not enough presence, end quote. 
So think about all these emotions that he just listed and how common they are to the human experience, right? Anxiety, tension, stress, worry, these forms of fear. These are caused by being too much into the future and not in the present. And these feelings of guilt, regret, resentment, bitterness, all forms of non-forgiveness are caused by too much past. So when we can truly get into the present now, we can allow ourselves to create without all this emotional baggage. So I just want you to think about in this very moment, even press pause if it helps you. In this very moment, are you okay? Are you safe? Are you supported? In this very moment, this this moment of now. And why this concept of now in time is so important is because our life is comprised of these series of nows. So when we think about the constructs of time and you go deeper into Einstein's theory of relativity, we can understand that the way we see time here in the material world, the way we see chronological time is much different than time is experienced on the quantum level. So there's very interesting things to talk about in that regards. But today I do want to focus more on the fact that our body that we are living in, our body does have an expiration date on it. We have a finite amount of breaths left within us. How many breaths that is, we don't know. And it's going to vary for all of us. And I think globally, we've all have been transformed by this pandemic and the ways that it has shown more the preciousness of life. Life is precious. Life is a gift. And I know this can be a morbid concept, but when you can start to really look at it as a driver or something that can help you see, wait a second, there is an actual clock here or there is a buzzer at the end of my life that's going to go off. I have so much time left in this game. How do I want to play it? How do I want to leave myself on the court? Do I want to say I I really did all I could to truly make this game of life that I'm in the best that I could? Or do you want to sit on the bench and say, I decided to live in the future, in the past, so I never really got into the game because the game's happening right now, right? The game is happening now, not in the past, not in the future. But when we are wrapped up in the past and we are wrapped up in the future, we are sitting on the bench. That is when we are on the bench or that is when we're taking a water break and we are not actually in the game. And for me, I was very much changed by an event in my life that was something that really woke me up early to this idea that, you know, life isn't to be taken for granted. And I talked earlier about when I dropped out of the PhD program. Well, there was a a major event that happened in my life that helped me make that decision. And it was when I was sitting in my office, had my surfboards, my view of the ocean. I could see the waves from my office window. And I got a call. And I got a call from my brother. And my brother said, Jessica, dad's dead. And I was like, what? (laughs) Dad's dead? So here I was, you know, here I was at the age of 24, getting this call that my dad died. Now this was sudden. He died of a deep vein thrombosis, which was a blood clot. His death was instant. Two years before this, My mom and my brother and I were in Hawaii for Christmas. I grew up in a divorced family, and so my mom and my brother were really my tight family unit. We lived in California together. My dad lived in Colorado for some periods, in Missouri for others, in Illinois. So during this holiday of Christmas, when we were in Hawaii, we had a phone call with my dad. And my dad had the type of personality where he liked to poke, kind of poke fun. He liked to push your buttons. He had that personality where maybe you could call it somewhat of a bully, (laughs) but in a way that I think was protective of him. So my dad, he was poking fun. Why I didn't have a boyfriend. Maybe it could have been my weight. I was recovering from an eating disorder at that time. 
So that really caused a lot of pain for me. Have my dad poke at the hardest things in my life, right? That I'm single and I have an eating disorder and I struggle with my body image. So my brother came to the rescue. And my brother came in and he took the phone because I started to like cry. And my brother came to the phone and he screamed at my dad and said, you can't talk to her like that. My dad got upset because my brother was screaming at him and then I was crying and then it was just this whole mess. And my dad said, you guys are no longer my children. Change your last name. I never want to hear from you again. And he hung up. And essentially, he disowned us. That was the last time I talked to my dad. At the time, I was 22. I thought, you know, I have my whole life to work this out. I, my dad will somehow come around and we'll, we'll work this out. He'll, he'll be at my wedding one day. I mean, this isn't how it's going to end. We think that about life. We think, oh, we have all this time. It's going to work out in the future. And then now this hurts. This doesn't feel right. But in the future, I'm going to work it out. So to get that call sitting in my office, to get that call saying, dad's dead, hit me. It hit me so hard. Because I know that if I would have known that he was going to die, I would have mended that relationship. And I believe with all my heart, if he knew that he was going to die, he would have mended our relationship. So at that point, that was my decision point. I'm not going to stay in this PhD program. This isn't what I want to do. At that moment, I was living life based on my ego's expectations of myself. So for me, this moment was a huge awakening that our lives are so precious. Our relationships are so precious. Our ideas are so precious. Our inspiration, our talents are so precious. And the way that society has been built around us is for us to just live in a perpetual state of distractions with entertainment and movies and TV and social media that we can easily just lose ourselves in the now. The now in which we can create. The now in which we can bring forth these ideas. We can connect with these people that are important to us. Now, Steve Jobs has shared a story that when he was 17, he came across a quote that had a similar awakening in it to, to the preciousness of life that I, I also had from, from my experience of losing my dad. And the quote was, if you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. And this quote made such a strong impression on him that since he was 17, he looked into the mirror every morning and he asked himself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And for him, whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, he knew he needed to change something. And in his Stanford commencement address, Steve Jobs said, quote, remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death. Leaving only what is truly important. Remembering that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking that you have something to lose. You are already naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart. End quote. And in the book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Ware, she found the number one regret is, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And this reminds me of the quote from Glennon Doyle's memoir, Untamed, where she says, quote, there's another kind of pain that comes not from losing beautiful things, but never even trying for them. 
So when you're following your bliss, it's about not going to your grave with this regret. It's about choosing courage over comfort. To have a regret-free life, the one that your heart calls you to. I believe we have all been blessed with three gifts. And that includes you. So you have been given the gift of time. This is your first gift. You have been given the gift of time. So you can ask yourself, what am I going to do with that time? How am I going to use it to make a difference, have an impact, to build an abundant lifestyle aligned with my values and connected to my purpose? And knowing that the now is our only time that we truly have. How can you follow your bliss now, even in the smallest ways? Now, the second gift that you've been given is you've been given a gift of talents, talents that are innate, talents you've developed, and talents you've yet to develop. But talents have no value whatsoever if you don't use them. So how are you going to use your talents, the talents you have? There is a calling out there. There is opportunities out there where your talents can serve another. And the third gift that you've been given You've been given a gift of treasures of the people you get to share with, people you love, and experiences that you get to create with them. So how are you going to create experiences in your life? How are you going to connect with others in your life? How are you going to really show people that you truly care? How are you going to really value these experiences and these relationships? So when we begin to understand the sacredness of time, we begin to use our time much more effectively. It's not about looking at time as if it's scarce. It's about looking at time as if it's sacred. In ways that you can start to really work with this is look at how you're spending time on social media, for example. Are you using this as a form of sacred communion with time and with your life? Or are you just checking out? Same with TV. Is it a sacred part of your self-care? Or is it a way that you connect with loved ones? Or is it just a way for you to check out? So begin to look at your relationship with time. Find the sacredness in the time. And if it's not sacred, scrap it. Start to do things that are going to connect you with your bliss during these times. Because when you get to the end of your life, you're going to care about how alive you felt all throughout it. And I want to share one more thought from Steve Jobs in his Stanford commencement address. He said, quote, Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. End quote. So that is it, my friend. It's about allowing yourself enough stillness, enough sacredness with your time that you can actually tune into your intuition and listen to what it's telling you and then have the courage to take action, moment by moment by moment. Do not let the future trip you up, and do not let the past hold you back, because in the now, you are freaking unstoppable and powerful, in the very moment now. And never forget that life is precious, and so are you. Thank you for having the discipline to listen in. If you love this episode and know of someone else who is following their bliss, please share this show with them. It would mean the world to me if we can get this cause and message out to as many people as possible. So if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this show with your friends. 
It will totally make my day and I will be forever grateful for your support. And until the next episode, this is Jessica Flint encouraging you to follow your bliss and to unapologetically be bold, be brave, and be you.